Welcome to Flashback, a podcast by the Okaloosa County Public Information Office. Get ready to dust the nostalgia off your sleeve as we talk with Okaloosa citizens who share with us how things used to be. I'm your host, Nick Tomacek. It's time to step into your imaginary DeLorean, tap your flux capacitor, and flashback. Hello, Flashbackers. I'm taking you back to the 1970s today. 1971 to be specific. The top songs in that time were Three Dog Nights Joy to the World, Shares, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves, throw in a little Janis Joplin too, and the Bee Gees. There's also considerable opposition at that time to our presence in Vietnam. Good evening, my fellow Americans. How and why did America get involved in Vietnam in the first place? That's President Nixon in a TV address to the country. Also, ads for cigarettes on radio and TV were banned. Texas Instruments and Intel developed the first microprocessors, and the first email was also sent in 1971. Here in Florida, people were still figuring out how to address the growing popularity of this beautiful state and how to handle tourism in rising populations. Walt Disney also had interest in developing right here in Northwest Florida but he eventually opened up Disney World in Central Florida instead. And the land in Destin was still very much undeveloped. Sand dunes and just a scattering of businesses were around, and as some of the long-timers around here would say, you could drive from here to Panama City with very little traffic and almost no traffic lights. A new bridge was also being built over Rocky Bayou, and a new Coast Guard station in Destin was proposed by our legislators. And of course, people were fishing their reels off in our local waters. Destin became the world's luckiest fishing village and still deserves that title in my opinion. Take a walk on the docks of the Destin Harbor in the afternoon, you'll see what I mean. Despite what you may think about tourists and traffic at Destin Fort Walton Beach, imagine what Destin would look like today if a racetrack like the Indianapolis Motor Speedway was built in Destin. Now, I've been to the Indianapolis 500 a few times. Residents rent out their front yards for parking. Area Little League ball fields are filled with people camping out in their cars or vans in some outfield somewhere the night before the race. There's mind-numbing traffic. And, of course, the endless chatter of vendors selling merch or water or whatever. And, guys, these races are loud. Put that scene in your mind and then transfer it to Destin, Florida. Naturally, we would do better on the Emerald Coast. And in 1971, serious thought was given to that very idea. Why? Well, I'll tell you. Well, since the discovery of this gorgeous area by the smiling business people, local chambers of commerce, hoteliers, restaurateurs, and other French-sounding words related to business, we have been looking for ways to attract people to our area and spend as much money as possible while they're here. In the late 1960s and early 70s, racetracks like that one were one of those ideas to attract people. In fact, the area known as Sandestin in Walton County, Florida had interest from investors to build a similar racetrack there as well. Now you loyal flashbackers already know about the racetrack that used to be off of the current racetrack road. If you missed it, check it out. It's our very first flashback episode. That racetrack was known as the Fort Walton Motor Speedway. It was a small town dirt track where people raced horses, cars, and held wrestling matches. The racetrack I'm talking about that was proposed for Destin 
was a speedway with seating for tens of thousands of people. In fact, seating for 60,000 people. In 1971, it was officially announced that the Florida International Motor Speedway Destin would be built. It was a triangular 2.5 mile track with a drag strip. The land for this was chosen based on an arrangement by landowners Coleman and Maddie Kelly, who would own shares in the corporation. The location was to be on their land on the Okaloosa-Walton County line at the cost of $10 million. The parking lot would be located in Walton County while the track would be located in Okaloosa. The January 1st, 1971 Pensacola News Journal article quoted it as the South's greatest auto racing facility. And this thing looks really interesting. It's essentially a triangle and the rendering they published shows it from the air and looks pretty foreign compared to what Destin looks like today. February 1971, Playground Daily News article said the economic impact of a racetrack would have the same effect as the racing industry presence in Daytona. Marketing materials were even created before the track was built. I saw it. Uh, it says at the top, enjoy yourself before and after the races. It goes on to say, the miracle strip of Florida and the 100-mile stretch between Pensacola, Fort Walton Beach, Destin, and Panama City. Due to a natural phenomenon in the Gulf of Mexico along this strip, the world's whitest beach is found only here in Florida. Most people refer to it as looking like mounds of powdered sugar. And the finest golf courses, fishing for dozens of species including marlin and sailfish, swimming in 50-foot deep clear water, eating tempting seafood cuisine, picnic on a 10,000-year-old Indian Temple Mound, and you have some of the delights of Florida's playground along the Miracle Strip. Now, you cannot picnic now on the Indian Temple Mound in Fort Walton. Please do not do that. The ad that I reference has a green hue to it with a picture of a torn motor speedway ticket, photos of people hunting, fishing, and of course, a kid burying his dad in the sand and smiling girls in bikinis. This was going to be a thing. They had plans to start clearing land two weeks after making the announcement. So, what happened? Well, the poo kind of hit the fan for the organizers of this large speedway when they began appearing in front of the Okaloosa Board of County Commissioners, requesting tax-free status and for the county to put its name on the bonds to finance this. The first appearance in front of the board was in February 71, a month after the speedway announcement. The tax-free status wasn't granted at this meeting despite the efforts of the track's vice president, Jerry Armstrong. He said it would bring in 400,000 visitors to the area in its first year, with each visitor spending at least $50, of which the track would get less than 10%. It was to be the South's version of the Indianapolis Memorial Day 500 race, but instead Destin's track would have their race in October the first race, October of 1972. Once the wider public got wind of this from the county commission meeting, letters opposing the track began pouring into the local chambers of commerce. The Fort Walton Chamber considered an anonymous poll to gauge member opinions on the track. One school of thought believed it would bring a honky-tonk atmosphere, seen as a negative by this group who sought to have a more family atmosphere while at the beach. Ecologists also opposed it, concerned about the pollution. Jorge Ramirez, he was a member of the Destin and Fort Walton Beach Chambers. He had a sampling of letters 
and comments that were posted in some newspaper articles. I'm going to read them to you. Curtis Ellert sent in one letter and he was quoted saying, With this type of progress, the citizens of Destin will be able to duplicate the horrible example of Panama City and their beaches. Their racetrack, if built, would represent the greatest example of bad judgment this area has seen in a long time, and it would be a monument to those overzealous salesmen of the Gulf Coast who are unable to discriminate between a good customer and a bad one. Another critic, by the name of Roy J. Forrest of Destin, wrote, Can you imagine cramming 100,000 people and their transportation in this tiny peninsula between the Gulf of Mexico and Choctahatchee Bay? And then some citizens, the article went on to say, were doubtful that the track would even get off the ground, at least in the near future, unless the county does underwrite the operation for tax-free bonds. But the track representatives were adamant that investors from like cigarette companies, oil companies and such, would be interested in investing the track, regardless of the county's backing. In a March 10th article, the Destin Motor Speedway directors abandoned bond financing hopes. The county didn't want to put their name on the bonds as the track representatives wanted, so they decided to seek out private interests. The Okaloosa County Commissioner Chairman Dan Merritt said at the time that the board had taken no stand either way on the racetrack issue. However, their track reps continued their push to build in Destin. And in March 1971, remember, they announced it in January, February, March, here we go, Track VP Jerry Armstrong made the rounds and in a March article from the Playground Daily News appealed to a group from the Lions Club saying that the track would enhance tourism and bring property dollars to the area as well. There's a photo in the newspaper clipping that shows the Lions president Hurtis Brock with Armstrong holding a photo of the proposed track smiling. Also, curiously, on this page of the newspaper it had the county's school lunchroom menu for the day, which was pizza, coleslaw, Loaf of bread, peaches, and prunes. Pretty standard fare, I reckon, for the early 1970s in, uh, in school. And in May, the Playground News had an article that said, uh, the headline said, The Kellys file suit to halt the sale of the Speedway stock. Now, Coleman and Maddie Kelly, they went to court seeking to halt the stock sales by the Florida International Motor Speedway, and they asked that their half-million-dollar land sale to the group be rescinded. The suit also stated that the Kellys expected one-fourth of the stock to belong to them, but the corporation, the suit stated, did not honor the agreement. The article also mentioned that uh, the uh, track reps also tried to go to the Walton County Commission for tax-free bond funding, but the article said that did hadn't happened as of, as of May 1971 either. All right, now let's fast forward to 1972. We're into February. The Kellys went to trial with their lawsuit. It was an all-day trial before a judge by the name of Gillis Powell. In the trial, according to the article, it reported that other than the purchase of the franchise, little cash was ex exchanged. Even attorneys were paid in stock. The story went on to say that an attempt was made to locate the track in Santa Rosa County and even Mobile, Alabama. The Kellys claimed that they were induced to transfer the property through false representation, and at no time were they fully appraised of the true financial picture or stock transactions. From the other side, witnesses said that the Kellys agreed to sell the land with no cash involved, which is probably one of the reasons Destin was selected as a site for the track. And 
A month later, Judge Powell ruled in their favor and all the land was returned. The judge said, quote, the whole transaction was based on misunderstanding, misconception, erroneous conclusion and representations to the results. Therefore, an equitable relief is most appropriate to rescind. All that, that whole process sounds pretty exhausting to me. But I guess if you have a vision for something grand that you think could benefit the entire community, well, also lining your pockets, why not give it a try, right? Coleman Kelly passed away about a year and a half after the land was given back to him and his ex-wife, Maddie Kelly. What stands today in that space where the Florida International Speedway was going to be are two golf courses. When I came across this story, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that something like that almost came true. It certainly would have guided my decision on whether to move here or not. But I was reminded by local historian Tom Rice, who I reached out to for uh, on this a little bit, he said that there was very little developed out there at the time. It was just sand dunes and scrub brush, and this was considered a real possibility for success. There have been a lot of things that have been proposed over the years that have not come to fruition. That's true. That's true. And to quote Rice from an email exchange I had with him on this, he said, quote, My, how dreams sometimes come true, or in this case, not. This episode was written, researched, produced by me. Music is by Jason Shaw on AudioNautics.com. April Sarver is our executive producer and is the public information officer for Okaloosa County. If you have an idea for an episode of Flashback, please email me at OCPIO at MyOkaloosa.com. That's OCPIO at MyOkaloosa.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you around town.